back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver Trading. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and as always, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the program James Corbett. And as everyone knows, James is the founder and editor of the Corbett Report, which he started in 2007, and he also became the editorial writer for the International Forecaster, uh, created by we all know and loved Bob Chapman, uh, the economic analyst. Uh, and you can visit James' website at thecorbettreport.com, thecorbettreport.com. And also you can go to the international forecaster.com and request a complimentary copy and uh, they'd be more than happy to get you an issue and um, hello James well hello it's good to talk to you again thanks for having me on oh it's always great to have you here we kind of always go around the world and I know the one topic that you want to talk about and but may I ask you about a conspiracy theory first and then that kind of goes right into your (laughs) let's do it yeah that's what I'm here for (laughs) um I haven't followed this one too closely because, and usually there is an element of truth in any conspiracy theory, I, I think. Um, so I'm going to ask you if you believe or if you have thought about the theory that John McCain was executed. I am just hearing that theory for the first time right okay. now. So I okay. have not heard anything about this. Well, now you have something to do for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> You can do do a little bit of a search on that one, and uh, yes, it was uh, he was executed um, um, for his crimes and you know many other things. And again, I haven't followed it that can, much. Can you so. explain to me? I like I I'm just trying to wrap my head around how that. I I just don't understand that in any form. Well, the elite um, executed him uh, with his agreement. Uh, with just, his uh, agreement? This is getting uh, stranger. Okay. Yes, and, and I don't have all the details hmm. uh, in front of me, and I should, because. but this was just a last-minute question I wanted all to right. ask you. Well, I'll uh, definitely have to look into that. It's intriguing, okay. if nothing else. Yes, yes. And uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Mother Jones. Um in an article that uh, was published, and um, you are mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Yay, oh, my my ears are burning. Uh, (laughs) Yes, Mother Jones, which people may or may not know, is a left-leaning publication that, uh, I don't know, I guess they probably have a print print copy, but uh, uh, it's mostly online, I would imagine, these days. Anyway, motherjones.com just had an article up a couple of days ago by Tanya Riley, Political extremists are using YouTube to monetize their toxic ideas. Subheadline, a new report says the site has become a breeding ground for conspiracy theorists and white supremacy. So, uh, the opening paragraphs, it starts by saying, If you search for Federal Reserve on YouTube, one of the first videos to surface is titled Century of Enslavement. Using archival footage in the kind of authoritative male voice, thank you very much, heard in countless Mm -hmm. historical documentaries, the 90-minute video espouses the idea the Federal Reserve was formed in secret by powerful, often Jewish, banking families in the early 20th century, causing America to spiral into debt. With over 1.6 million views, the video is categorized as news and politics. It was created by a channel called The Corbett Report, which also boasts documentaries touting conspiracy theories, including that 9-11 was staged by the U.S. government and that global warming is a hoax. (gasps) 
heavens to Murgatroyd. Oh, me, oh my. Oh, no. Watching the video quickly leads users down a rabbit hole of recommended videos that detail Illuminati conspiracy theories and blame Israel for 9-11. All right, so you see what is happening in this article, and I, you know, I mean, you can imagine the rest, but by all means, go and actually read it if you're interested. But, of course, it's tying and lumping absolutely everyone who says anything on YouTube together into this big cauldron of, oh my god, can you believe this stuff is on YouTube? And it's all white supremacy and anti-Semitism and what have you. Although, of course, the Century of Enslavement does not talk about Jewish bankers or anything of the sort. They just throw that in there. It doesn't talk about the Illuminati. They just throw that in there. Um, All of these other things that they just throw in and lump it all together because it's all, you know, it's all conspiracy theory. Um, So you can imagine this is just a hit piece. And apparently this is uh, prompted by MSNBC host Chris Hayes, who may be familiar to some of your audience, who tweeted... Who tweeted a li- uh, the link to my Federal Reserve documentary a couple of uh, weeks ago saying, you watch videos on YouTube all the time, so you go home and put Federal Reserve into YouTube search bar, and this is the first video that comes up, and it's a link to my documentary. So, uh, <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you. Exactly. Thank, thank you, Chris. You, yes. Thank you for uh, linking it. Uh, and in fact, a lot of the people in the, the tweet replies are saying that. That's actually a great video. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, thank you for getting a little bit more exposure to this. But, of course, seriously, I mean, uh, there's a couple of things going on here. One is that this is the dinosaur media looking right in the face of their extinction. The asteroid has already hit and, you know, the meteor has already come down and they know that they're on the way out. And this is just now they're starting to realize, oh, we're dying here. So they're lashing out at everything that isn't them and all of this alternative independent media on places like YouTube, where everyone has a voice. Oh, no, a platform called YouTube allows you to have a voice. And this is a problem because there's conspiracy theory everywhere. So in one sense, it's laughable. And it, uh, to be honest, I have I mean, obviously, I having started the Corporate Report website 11 years ago, I I saw this coming for a very long time. I was in podcasting in 2007, well before Joe Rogan or anyone else made the pod- podcasts a household word. I-, I was doing this because I knew the the whole outdated s- system of tuning into MSNBC at 8 p.m. so that you can catch this or that program is such a silly, outdated idea of how to convey information and that the internet was the future. And just, and I've, I've so I've enjoyed that tenure lull or whatever it's been of me doing this work largely under the radar of these types of uh, goons of the mouthpiece establishment media because they they figure oh it's on the internet who cares about that well everyone cares about that and that's how people get their news these days welcome to the 21st century but now that the the eye of sauron is is focusing on sites like the corbett report I mean, we can all see where this is heading. And of course, so the the article itself takes the uh, takes the tack of, well, we can't allow these conspiracy theorists to to sit there on YouTube monetizing their toxic ideas. And of course, the funny thing about that is I have never monetized my videos on YouTube and never will because I've never wanted to get money from Google. Um, but anyway, that being what it is, I, I think we can see where this is heading. And I've talked about this for years and years. They're going to crack down. The crackdown is coming. They're starting to demonetize. Oh, they're starting to age-restrict videos. I had a New World Next Week video, um, my weekly video series with James Evan Pilato, MediaMonarchy.com. We did a video on Syria and the fact that they're saying there's going to be a chemical weapons attack in Syria in the near future. And when it happens, blame Assad, blame Assad. Um, and so we did a video about that. 
instantly, as soon as I hit the publish button, I got an email from YouTube. This video has been age-restricted. It's literally two guys sitting there just talking about what's happening in Syria, but apparently that's unacceptable for anyone under the age of 18 who isn't signed into YouTube. So they're starting They're starting this. And in fact, in some ways, I find this to be much more insidious than outright banning. I mean, when they outright ban someone and take them off the platform, as we see with someone like Alex Jones, that creates a lot of attention, a lot of buzz, and there's a lot of talk about it. But when they do these things, they demonetize you, they age-restrict your videos, they make it so they're harder to search. I guarantee you, in the very near future, when you type Federal Reserve into YouTube, you will not find my conspiracy theory video first front and center. It'll be all the official you know, Federal Reserve YouTube page and what have you. So that's the way that I think they're going to go with this. And that's much more insidious because you can't say I'm banned or, you know, they're not put in. No, I'm still there and you can still find me if you know exactly where I am. But they're going to make it harder and harder to find this material. And I think the days of me being able to produce a documentary that will get seen millions of times is probably in the past at this point. Um, as they start cracking down on this. So in one sense, I want to laugh at this type of thing because it is so ridiculous and these it's funny to watch these dinosaurs realizing they're going extinct. But of course, it's the backlash that I think we all have to be worried about and what it really means for our ability to access this type of information in the future. Well, congratulations to you. You're making a difference and you're making a difference to the point where they find you, uh, you know, a, a threat. And, you know, you mentioned that they're staring down in the face of, you know, their distinction. Um, isn't it kind of, I mean, they almost created their own problems. By, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of creating the set, the, the trap. So they, they are extinct. You know, so, yep. the, you know, mm-hmm. it's... I mean, Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a specific example of how they're creating their own extinction. I remember, it must have been 10 years ago now, um, during the financial crisis, the Lehman meltdown and all of that, I remember uh, Jon Stewart, who had The Daily Show at that point, had Jim Cramer on. And they had a, I think, a 20-minute conversation. I think most of it was online. They only aired 10 minutes of it or something. But I remember watching that conversation and thinking, I I know that they're still only talking within a controlled level of discourse and they're not really hitting on some of the key issues here, but it was the type of conversation that was at least, it was more than we get in any of the kind of news programs or interview programs these days. We've been dumbed down to the level where that conversation that they were having, I remember seeing that and thinking, you know, if that had been at least the standard level of discourse on television when I started the website, I might not have started the website. I might have thought, well, you know, whatever, good enough. I don't have much to add to that. But it's because of the ridiculous, dumbed-down level of the information that they they foist on us through the establishment media. The obvious, transparent propaganda is what motivated me to start the website in the first place. The Corbett Report and Century of Enslavement and all the other stuff that I do would not exist if the establishment media hadn't so completely forsaken its role as, you know, guardian, watchdog, whatever, fourth estate, all of this kind of 
nonsense, which clearly, I mean, 100% obviously is not happening in this day and age. We are needed. We have to insert our voices into this mix because the propaganda is just so over the top right now. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, they they always talk about monetizing. Well, what do you think they do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mean, they, they get it's... paid handsomely for their lives. Yes. Yes, they do. And it kind of reminds me of like what we're seeing and experiencing here between the Republicans and the Democrats, the way the, 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 the liberal left and the Democrats are reacting to just because Trump was elected. I mean, look how they're exposing their I mean, it's amazing how the type of people they are. Yeah. And I don't know if everyone sees it, but it's like, you know, they're they're opening up every window to who they really are into their deep dark souls and i don't know if everybody can figure it out but uh they're they're surely good at exposing it and it's uh instead of just shutting up i mean you know and and you know burying it for four years right you know they become you know and and it kind of reminds me the same Uh, Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of people fail to understand that is so basic is that when you are criticizing someone, you are often revealing more about your own psychology and what makes you tick than you are about the person you're criticizing. And this is especially true in the context of the dinosaur media criticizing the the independent media, because uh, what they are essentially saying is, we are afraid of you having a voice. We are afraid of your voice in this mix. We want to be the authoritative people who can tell you reality and we don't like it when you guys start saying things that we don't approve of and we don't want you in that mix this is exposing the fundamental lie that our society has been founded on for centuries now that it's democracy and everyone gets a voice and you all have a part to play in this system (laughs) no you don't as soon as you start saying things they don't want you to say they will find a way to take your voice away whether that's at the ballot box or on youtube whatever it is whenever we have a fair playing field with the establishment suddenly no we need restrictions no not everyone should have a voice no your your voice doesn't matter and we don't want to hear from you um and and we see that not only in things like now obviously going after youtube and platforms like this but even for years now we've seen uh, establishment platform after establishment platform removing the comment section from their their websites because again they do not want people to have a voice and they and when people are calling them out on their propaganda they they look a little bit with mm-hmm. egg in their face so yes. again they think they can control this conversation but Welcome to the 21st century. As I say, this is the internet. This is how it functions. It is decentralized, and everybody gets a, a say in this conversation. Um, I don't know if you're ready to talk about that chemical attack. Uh, last week was 9-11. Russia opened up its biggest war game since the Cold War days. Uh, days, the drills uh, involved, what, 300,000 Russian troops, uh, China's military. Uh, they were scheduled to con- conclude uh, on Tuesday. In your most recent newsletter article, you wrote that these exercises are made all the more significant by the fact that they come hot on the heels of a major naval, naval exercise in the eastern Mediterranean, uh, a.k.a. Syria's doorstep earlier this month. Um, These exercises are happening as the end game in Syria draws near, with Syrian Trumps and the Russian Air Force beginning their campaign to oust their final enclave of terrorist jihadists from Syria. Um, False flag chemical attack coming, happened. 
Yeah. Both? Well, yes, it has happened numerous times over the past several years, and uh, yes. uh, they're telegraphing another one. And we know this from pretty much every major MSM establishment outfit is now say, reporting breathlessly on the U.S. pronouncement that there will be a chemical attack in Idlib, which is one of the last terrorist holdouts in Syria in the near future, just as Syria and the Russian forces are about to oust those terrorists from Idlib and really retake control of the country. Um, now we're getting word that there's going to be a chemical attack, which raises the age-old question, why... On the verge of victory, would yes. President Assad use the very types of weapons that are A, militarily useless, and B, guaranteed, 100% guaranteed to get the ire of the entire world to bear down on him and the bombs to start raining down on him? Why would he do that? Let's not think too deeply about that. Let's just, let's just blindly, blindly believe, unquestioningly believe whatever story they come out with, whatever chemical attack is going to happen in the next month or two. And you know when they when they had the previous chemical attacks, I believe it was in 2017. I think was a was it like May or June or something like that. I mean, you had Israel over there bombing, and it's like it, it, it's just it's so easy to see what most likely happened. And you're right. Why would he do that now? But do you think maybe? And we're going to be heading into a break here in just a few minutes. Do you think that perhaps with the um, claims? that this might happen in the near future, might actually keep it from happening? Uh, well, that's a, that's a possibility, and I think that's the role of the independent media is to talk about false flag terrorism to basically take that magician well. trick away, because the magic trick only works when you don't see what's up the sleeve of the magician. So I think that's one of the things we have to do is highlight those previous examples and talk about them. Um, we're heading into a break. Please stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Financial Survival. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and I'm here with my guest, James Corbett. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver Trading. I'm here with James Corbett, and uh, we were talking about Syria and the possible false flag coming, uh, uh, chemical attack, and uh, we were sort of finishing up there. I didn't know if you want to add anything else to that uh, before we moved on. Well, we were talking about the importance of, of highlighting these past events so that we know about that history so that it does make it more difficult for them to pull off another false flag because people will be more skeptical. So we should point out that, again, uh, it has been talked about again and again and again and again over the past several years, so many of these chemical weapons attacks, quote-unquote, from the Syrian government have turned out to be either outright hoaxes or actually attacks that took place but were um, uh, were launched by the rebels, so-called, the al-Siyida terrorists. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, in 2013, there was talks of uh, sarin gas having been used, and it was the UN uh, Human Rights Commissioner who came out and said, actually, no, it wasn't the Syrian government. It was the rebels who did that. Uh, of course, all of the attention was on the initial claims that it was the Syrian government, none of the attention on the UN finding that it was not. Uh, then later on that same year, you had a, a chemical attack in East Ghouta. 
um, that, again, was instantly blamed on the Syrian government. In 2014, MIT came out with a report that said, ah, actually, no, it was, uh, it was not from a Syrian government-held part of, uh, of Damascus. It was from a terrorist-held part. Uh, so, again, that doesn't add up. Um, there was, as you call, as you say, in uh, April of 2017, last year, just as they were talking about, you know, maybe there's a political solution here, maybe Assad doesn't have to go. Then, lo and behold, there was this incident in Idlib, where there was a, a chemical attack of some sort that happened, or so we were told. But then uh, investigators found that uh, one of the most likely scenarios there was actually the bombing of a uh, a, a chemical storage facility that the terrorists were holding these chemical weapons and that was bombed as part of a raid that by the way was talked uh, that was signaled in advance on the deconfliction line by russia to the u.s and its uh, proxy allies and lcaeda and what have you but uh, uh that was of course just blamed they uh, they just said it was uh chemical munitions that had been deployed um and then earlier this year of course we also saw that uh infamous um, uh, another chemical attack that as soon as U.S. and American reporters got into uh, Duma, I believe, was where this one took place, they found actually there was no chemical weapons attack at all. That the, the only thing that had happened was um, the uh, asphyxiation that came from bombings that were taking place in the area and basically sucking the air out of the, the basements where people had gone to hide. There was no chemical weapons at all that had uh, attack that had taken place. But again, that reporting came weeks later. The initial reporting, oh my God, another chemical attack, look at these pictures, is what got all of the headlines. So over and over and over and over and over and over again, we've seen where the initial story gets all the, the the uh, the attention and the retraction gets zero. And of course, people just add that up to, oh, the Syrians have, are basically dropping chemical weapons on their own populations willy-nilly, which again makes absolutely no strategic or military sense, especially considering all of these areas where this is happening in East Ghouta and Douma and Idlib and other places are literally right on the doorstep of government-held areas. So are they deploying chemical weapons that can and presumably will affect their own population as well? I mean, even if they were thinking in that calculus, let alone the fact that these chemical bombs that they drop will kill maybe a couple of dozen people, whereas if they were just using bombs, they could kill a lot more people a lot more quickly if that was what was going on here. So again, it doesn't make any sort of military sense, and and as we say, it makes no strategic sense whatsoever, especially April of last year, as they're talking about, maybe there's a political solution, maybe Assad doesn't have to go, then chemical weapons attack and we get the serious strikes. And then April of this year, we see similar to- sort of talk, well, maybe, you know, maybe we're going to start pulling out of Syria, and then there's this chemical weapons incident in Duma, so-called and alleged. And suddenly, well, we have to be in there indefinitely. So uh, we see the same pattern, and it's not difficult to understand what's going on here. And, you know, in another part, you have Yemen, you have the Saudis. Um, I mean, we pulled some funding, the U.S. pulled some funding uh, from the Saudis uh, until they were, I don't know, agreed to, you know, be a little more concerned about the uh, civilian casualties. And of course they said, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll do something. And, you know, then our money begins to flow back to the Saudis and, uh, you know, there, a lot of the bombs, I guess now is being reported or bombs that were made in USA. You have, you know, I mean, and, and not a peep anywhere. Do you hear, people talk about what is happening there 
And yeah. it just, and I don't know if this just became a little bit of a pet peeve of mine um, to where I continue to look for information because yeah. you can't find it anywhere. Yeah, it's uh, hard go, to come by. But even as hard to come by as information on that is at the moment, a year ago even, it was even harder. Um, there was almost no mention of it whatsoever. Yeah. I have noticed in the past month or so, there has been more reporting about this even on CNN and New York Times and The Guardian and what have you. So it's starting to get a bit of traction in the mainstream media. Um, but people probably do not realize this is the largest humanitarian crisis going on yes. in the world at the moment. Um, and, and including the largest cholera outbreak in human history, recorded history anyway, um, as well as these atrocities that are ongoing on a regular basis, bombing of school buses and things like this. Um, which everyone understands and admits and, and says, well, this is, I mean, uh, this is war criminal activity. Um, but as you say, and the important part to understand is not only are the, all of these munitions uh, manufactured in the U.S. And that, again, that is not controversial in the least. I'm looking at a CNN story right now from August 17, 2018, bomb that killed 40 children in Yemen was supplied by the U.S. And they even show a bit of the shrapnel from that bomb with the, the, uh, the English writing on it for use on MK82, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it, uh, again, this is not a controversial point at all. And the more fundamental underlying point is the entire Saudi military adventure in Yemen right now would be utterly impossible without the approval of the U.S. They could not have done it without the U.S. giving them approval, tacitly or otherwise, or explicitly. In fact, really explicitly, because not only are the munitions being supplied, but there is active ongoing military uh, support for this Saudi Yemen adventure that's going on right now, uh, including, uh, so it has been alleged by multiple sources, um, uh, although obviously no official confirmation, but the Saudi Air Force, which is just basically a bunch of pampered princes who want to, you know, have a, some decorations to, to wear on their chest, are uh, obviously they're not really crack fighters and don't really know what they're doing. The implication is, and it's been reported by multiple sources, there are literally Americans sitting in the back seats of those fighter jets helping them go over the targets and, and uh, launch their yeah. munitions. So, uh, again, whether it's that level of support or simply the logistical support that we know is happening, as well as the arms sales, it could not happen without the U.S. support. And I think most Americans don't even know what's going on, let alone that yeah. it's going on with their, their tax dollar support. What's going to bring that to an end? I mean, are they just going to continue to bomb them out of... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. It, it certainly isn't going to be the UN or something that's going to step in and act as the world savior that it was always supposed to be. Um, because, again, Saudi, the Saudis sit on a number of the human rights commissions and other things that would otherwise be sanctioning this type of activity. So, uh, I, again, yeah, the only thing that will happen is if there is enough outcry, if they bomb enough school buses and there is enough public attention given to this, that the U.S., at least to save face, has to withdraw its actual support. And as you say, there's been talk about that. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, U.S. warned Saudi Arabia it may withdraw yes. support if they continue bombing schoolchildren. Maybe. We might consider it. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't hold my breath until there's a lot more attention given to this issue. Well, I guess there were another 18 fishermen that were killed off the coast. So, um, But no one seems to care. Speaking of the UN, next week, President Trump is uh, going to speak. Well, I guess it's the 26th that he's scheduled to speak there. Um, big deal, not a big deal. Um, 
from your view? Well, I think the uh, the annual UN General Assembly is, if nothing else, it's a good sign of which way the political winds are blowing and what kind of diplomatic um, uh, changes maybe in the offing. So there, I mean, it's it's always I think useful to at least look at those types of statements and read the tea leaves. But again, it's just diplomatic speak. So generally, I wouldn't expect too much from it. But perhaps the more interesting thing is that apparently Trump is going to be chairing uh, a an, a convening of the UN Security Council, which, uh, I don't know, I seem to recall when uh, Obama did that back in 2009 or 10. I remember being, I, there was a huge big outcry about it from the right-leaning conservative media. Oh my God, you know, this is the UN takeover and the end of the world and Obama's the Antichrist. <laughs> I don't see that kind of coverage happening no. from the right side of the political con game anyway from uh, the Trump supporters. So I guess it's all right as long as it's our guy doing it. Um, but I, I think that might be the more interesting thing to take a look at is what uh, what Trump does as presiding chair of the UN Security Council and whether that will be used to start the push against Iran as everyone seems to be predicting. This week, uh, Poland offered uh, the United States $2 billion to establish a permanent base. Um, do you think Russia's going to go along with that? Uh, uh, I, I actually haven't heard that story. Run that by me again. Yeah. Poland is offering... Uh, Poland had offered... Uh, the Poland's president was over here this week, and he offered uh, President Trump $2 billion to establish a permanent military base in Poland. I see. And they're going to call it Fort Trump. So Poland would and receive $2 billion or pay $2 billion? No, he, he's pay, they're paying. Oh, very they're interesting. Offering, very yeah, interesting. They're offering the U.S. $2 billion to establish the base. Interesting. Well, of course, exceptionally worrying if that does go ahead because that obviously and automatically once again ratchets up tensions in Eastern Europe yet again, uh, even as NATO and Russia are at each other's throats, um, almost literally at this point, uh, and establishing a permanent military base in Poland would be, I mean, roughly equivalent to Russia establishing a permanent military base in Mexico. I mean, it would be an incredible heightening of the tensions that are going on there, and just another potential vector for some sort of confrontation, military confrontation to take place, whether people want it or not, just the more military you have swarming around an area, the more likely there is for some person to do the wrong thing on the wrong day and set off the wrong chain of events that lead to war. And we should be thinking about that, considering we are on the centenary of the end of the First World War, which, of course, at least the immediate cause of which was the assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand in Sarajevo? What? What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? I don't know, but suddenly the whole world's at war. And we should really think about how these types of events can start from something seemingly minor or seemingly not central to world events can have huge knock-on effects. So yeah, very worrying if they do set up a military base in Poland. Um, the um, official newspaper of North Korea... Uh, ruling Workers' Party said in a commentary on Sunday that Japan must change its tune and adopt a new approach toward North Korea if it wants to join the diplomatic uh, fray in affecting rapidly evolving developments on the Korean Peninsula. And it said that the Japanese government had resorted to flattering the American master, neighboring big powers, and even the South Korean authorities, but it will never step on the sacred land of the republic unless it drops... Um, it's bad habits. Um, 
we think uh, Americans know of Trump's affection of uh, Abe. Is Japan just kissing up to the U.S., or is there something else going on? Well, I don't think Japan is really in the driver's seat here, so whether or not they're really actively involved in these talks or not may be something of a moot point or beside the point. Um, I think the more... I, I guess the more important point from the practical perspective here is whether there is enough of the people on board with the, this process. And apparently China is still officially on board with the U.S. and South Korea and Japan on the subject of North Korean de- denuclearization. And I've talked about it many, many times. The only people who really should be at the heart of this uh, the, these talks are the South and North Koreans. And mm-hmm. what happens in the Korean Peninsula should be the matter for the Korean peoples to decide. But given that we live in this world of these great powers warring over these proxy states, the fact that China and the U.S. and South Korea and Japan are all on the same page, at least on paper, about their objective of achieving denuclearization says that at least at this time, that's I think that's that's where they're pushing for. And I've seen the latest deadline that they're looking for is January 2021 to achieve that denuclearization. I'm not holding my breath for it, but... Uh, at any rate, as I say, if if all of those states are lined up on that same page, that probably puts a bit of diplomatic weight behind it. Do you think uh, Chinzu Abe will be the uh, will win his third term? Oh, uh, Prime Minister you have of an Japan. Election? Uh, yes. yes. Uh, well, I so I I just saw that that news today that apparently he is. Uh, has secured or is about to secure the uh, the the leadership of his party for another term. So that pretty much so guarantees um, prime minister prime ministership for the foreseeable future again, because simply because there is no effective opposition in Japan at this point. Um, it's just that the LDP or the ruling party have been for almost the entirety of the post-war period. That doesn't look likely to change anytime soon. So as long as Shinzo Abe is head of the LDP, he's going to be prime minister. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. I think we probably have just a few seconds. Any final thoughts real quick? Uh, well, just to uh, once again let people know, yeah, the crackdown is beginning and uh, uh, on YouTube and elsewhere, and it will be harder and harder to find voices like ours. So please do support Melody and the work she's doing. Please do support me and uh, spread the word. That's the most important way to get this, this out because we can't rely on search algorithms to do it for us. Ladies and gentlemen, visit James' website at thecorbettreport.com. We'll talk a little bit more about this when we return tomorrow. So until then, be safe. Good night and God bless. Thank you, James. That's too bad.